Hi everyone and welcome to Bible Made Easy podcast. I'm Brother George. Thanks a lot for joining me. In my last episode, I shared the definition of what God's law of love is and the history of how it was revealed. If you haven't already listened to that episode, please do. The question now is, if it's that important, if the law of love sums up all the law and all the prophets, how do we live it out in our daily lives? There's so much to this I could never cover it all, but let's explore it as much as we can. Today I'll talk about the first component of the law of love, as Jesus described it in Matthew 22, 36-40. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Okay, let's unpack that. Three parts of our being are mentioned. Heart, soul, and mind. Some of these can intertwine with each other, and that would be too deep a subject to get into. So let's just simply describe these three elements of our being. The heart is the inward self where our feelings, emotions, and thinking occur. The soul includes the heart, but according to Genesis 2.7, Its specific definition is your spirit, the part of you that lives eternally, plus your body, both put together. And the mind is the inward part of us where rational thinking occurs. It's where we use our reason and intellect. So, what we're commanded to do is to love God with our whole being, including our body. And by the way, When referring to God here, I'm including Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity, because they are one. I think it's interesting that this is commanded, not suggested. Why is that? It's for our benefit. He knows that without a connection to him, we'll drown in our sins and problems. And besides that, we do owe it to him. We would have no existence, no life, no happiness, no enjoyment, or anything without him. So out of sheer gratefulness, we should love him in return. 1 John 4.19 says, We love him because he first loved us. So whether we have a natural attraction to God or not, whether it's easy to love him or not, we should do it. But of course, while the Bible commands it, God won't force it. He would much rather we choose to love him willingly. And so he courts and pursues us like a man does a woman, hoping that she'll freely choose to love him. Actually, the Bible likens the relationship between Jesus and his believers to a marriage, with him as the groom and us as his bride. Isaiah 54.5 says, For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I think this provides the perfect illustration of how we are to love him. In human relationships that end up in marriage, the couples meet for the first time and there are varying degrees of attractions at the very beginning. They might experience love at first sight, or it might take time to grow in love for the other person. That's the way it is for many people when they first hear about Jesus. Some people accept and follow him quickly. For others, 
it takes quite a while to grow into that kind of commitment. And commitment in a marriage relationship really reflects how we are to love God with all our being. A true marriage is a lifelong vow to love and serve another person in a way that supersedes love for all others. When people marry, they voluntarily enter into a relationship in which they become so devoted to the other person that every other relationship they have takes a back seat in importance. The marriage and making it work come first. At least it should. That's the way it is with our relationship with God. It should be the most important relationship we have in life. The writer of Psalm 73.25 articulated this when he wrote, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. If someone really loves their marriage partner, they try to get to know them, what makes them tick, their likes and dislikes, their feelings, their opinions, and they try their best to please them even if it takes some major adjustments on their part and letting go of their own way, style or habits that annoy or upset their partner. That's what we should do with God. And the best way to get to know Him, what He thinks, what He wants, what pleases Him, etc., is by spending time with Him, like married couples spend time with each other. You do this by reading His Word, the Bible. That's the place where He reveals His heart, His will, His opinions and desires. You also do this by spending time with Him in prayer, And not just jabbering off to him with your requests all the time. Nobody likes to be engaged with like that. Why would he? You should have two-way street communication with him, with plenty of time devoted to you listening to him, besides time sharing your feelings, requests and gratitude with him. And as you get to know him more, you can make those needed adjustments to your thinking and actions so that you're in sync with him and the relationship is harmonious and beautiful, like a successful marriage. Of course, like any marriage relationship, there are going to be rocky moments or periods when the feelings and emotions go missing or fade away. Does that mean the marriage is over? No. You've got to keep working at it. Maybe God allowed something to happen that you didn't like or didn't understand, or He didn't answer your prayers in the way you hoped. Well, you can't let that build a wall between you and him. You've got to trust him until you eventually understand why, or at least just have a peace about it, even if you never understand. Isn't that the way it is with married couples too? They don't always fully understand each other. They have to put up with certain things and trust and love their partners anyway. I know my wife sure has to do that with me. Sometimes she just grins and bears it, but she loves me anyway. And on the very, very odd occasion, I have to do the same with her. So we get along great. In earthly marriages, couples share their time and resources in a team effort to succeed in their life goals. We should do the same with God. Our lives and goals should be centered around Him and we should be investing our time and resources towards pleasing Him and fulfilling His will for us. Marriage also means loyalty to a life partner. If one member of the couple is all in, giving the relationship 100%, but 
but the other isn't fully invested or is distracted by other interests and hobbies, or even worse, running off with someone else and committing adultery, then this will really hurt the committed partner. Likewise, it hurts God tremendously when we do that to Him, because He gives His 100% to us. And finally, a very important way we show our love for God is by our obedience to Him. Not like some sort of hired employee or slave, but out of pure love for Him. In John 14:15, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And Psalm 40, verse 8 says, I delight to do your will, my God, for your law is written upon my heart. Our relationship with God shouldn't be distant, formal, rigid, and filled with ceremonialism, empty tradition, and cold religious observances. What God wants, and what we can have, is a relationship with Him that's close, warm, intimate, and personal. And once you have it, you'll be so glad you committed to Him, because He's just... Well, I tried thinking of the best superlative I could, but none of them do Him justice. So I'll just let your heart fill in the blank. So that's how you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And the reason this is the first and great commandment is because from it flows everything else good in your life, including your ability to love your neighbor as yourself, which is the second part of God's law of love. And I'll talk about how to do that in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope this has been a blessing to you. If you want to hear more and get notified of new episodes, please subscribe right now before you go off and do something else. God bless you all. Bye. Bye.